Just a quick note before the episode begins, the PIP podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a doctor or health professional. Welcome to the PIP podcast, where we speak unapologetically about everything that affects people with uteruses. Funky poops, periods, chronic pain, you name it. PIP is here to talk about it all with plenty of laughs. So let's get Pippin. Welcome everyone to the PIP podcast. This episode is going to be on diet culture and body image and how they really need to exit stage left. I'm your co-host, Amanda. And I'm your other host, Veronica. And we're excited to have you here to talk about our arch nemesis. Diet culture. Diet culture. Yeah, I hate it. But it's, I mean, pretty essential to most of our conversations, but also it unfortunately is a part of majority of conversations we have to have. Yeah, it's literally talked about all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you like? What is diet culture for you? What how would you describe it? Um, I would describe it. I mean, I think for for us in our age, prefaced with growing up in like the 90s and early 2000s, that's really defined, like helps to define diet culture for us, which I think, and we're going to talk with this leader is a little bit different in some senses than diet culture today. Mm-hmm. But diet culture for me is this like forcing on everybody that you have to look a certain way and you have to eat a certain way in yeah. order to attain it. And that if you don't, then you are like not only ostracized from like society's mm-hmm. acceptance of like what is right and what is wrong when it has to do with like bodies. Um, but you apparently just don't care about your health or wellness and just your overall like how your body works if you don't partake in it. And that's the part that pisses yeah. me off the most. But it's like an all-consuming in every aspect of your life of like, you have to look and eat a certain way. Yeah. You literally can't ignore it. Just constantly around you, constantly in your face Mm -hmm. when you're at the grocery store and all the targeted ads too. I swear every time I'm like my little belly pooch, it's like literally five fucking minutes later on Instagram. It's like how to lose that belly pooch in 10 days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I have organs. Yeah. (laughs) I have a uterus and a bladder. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. And I also have like an anterior and posterior pelvic tilt, which I'm yes, getting like do. fixed up. <laughs> so it causes my pelvis to tilt forward. So yeah. I have that bump too. So exactly. What, so what, what is, what would your definition be? Would it be anything different? Would you add anything? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't add anything. I don't think I basically, yeah. Like it's just something that's all encompassing. It surrounds everything that we do. Um, it does it definitely discriminates in the sense where it's like more focused and targeted on women, but mm-hmm. also men are targeted too and are supposed to look a certain way according to diet culture as well. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like right now it's all about don't, don't, don't. And yeah, restrict. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. diet culture right now. You're doing it all wrong. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. 
your I know your body better than you, even though I've never fucking seen you a day in my life. And I'm going to tell you what to do for your body. It's so stupid, but yeah, yeah, I definitely think there's no real time frame in the last, I think almost a hundred years, at least in like Western culture that diet culture hasn't existed. And I think it just keeps rebranding itself and manifesting differently based off of what society is deeming right or wrong or that we're saying collectively we're not going to partake in this anymore. So then it just rebrands itself. It's the same shit all the time. Yeah. Like even if you're looking at magazines from like the 1950s with like women housewives, it's the same shit. It's just rebranded differently with every kind of century or not century because I just said 100 years total, (laughs) but every like era, I guess, that we go through decade i think decades the word yeah yeah every decade i think but yeah it's totally that every decade yeah. it kind of puts on a diet culture puts on a new outfit but yeah literally it's the exact same thing and it's constantly like cut this out don't do that mm-hmm. you don't look good the way that you are naturally essentially yeah and it really is skewed towards like a eurocentric idea of mm. bodies which is like a whole other conversation we could have, but I'm going to try and leave (laughs) my like (laughs) anger towards that aside for the most part. But it's like growing up for us in the nineties and two thousands, I think we had it somewhat the worst. And I think that that extends to our parents' generation as well, because they were adults trying to better themselves and better their children. So they thought, in the 90s and 2000s with diet culture. But I also think too, like people didn't call it what it was. I don't think we had the necessarily had- I don't even think diet culture was a term really. No, no, we didn't have the vocabulary to be like, this is diet culture, this is toxicity, leave it. Where we, it still infiltrates us today, but I think that we're a little bit more educated and have the ability to name it. way better than in the 90s and 2000s but also too like the 90s and 2000s media wise was like fucking nuts and media (laughs) had never been that way before too right where we have some media literacy today not everybody not everyone has media literacy yeah definitely (laughs) I think maybe we're at the same point it's just that there's more media so people look maybe a little bit more literate yeah Yeah, we're like difference. I think so too, right? (laughs) What we had as like tabloids in the supermarket, uh, magazines. What's that uh, kid magazine? J Seventeen. I had. Remember that? that? Did you have the game? Diet tips, though. Yes. Did you have the game? Did you have the game? I had the game. Brooke and I would play it all the time, and it came with like all of these different magazines, and you have to like it would prompt you to like look for something in one of the magazines. I owned that oh and gosh. I loved it. And while I'm like, wow, that really says a lot of maybe what most of my struggle in my like early twenties, but yeah, I had that game and they would go through and it would be like telling you like also what to wear and what to wear, yeah, what to wear. I mean, the two thousands are back. So I think that's like scary. They totally itself, are. Awful the low fashion. rise jeans. Low rise jeans. The, I'm like, come the on. midriff showing. That, yeah, oh but it gosh. feeds into this idea of like body standards and diet mm. culture, and it's just like that flat, unachievable gosh. stomach. That also, is still high so rise jeans are beautiful. Stop yeah. touching them. 
because they yes. just keep everything nice and cozy all in one place. Your underwear doesn't roll. Yeah, but and like your butt crack doesn't show like, when you bend over. Uh, like, the worst uh, was low rise jeans in the 2000s. The fucking and zippers bend over. on those things. They were this small. What's the <laughs> they point? were so tiny. Just forget it. Forget the zipper. <laughs> literally, literally. <sighs> okay, so, so what did that look like for you growing up? Like, did you? And I feel like we probably <laughs> there are definitely people who maybe didn't have it as strongly in their households or stronger I think we're probably both somewhere in the middle where like it def was there (laughs) yeah there's what did that look like for you well um I'm not going to I guess to start was um my mom she my mom's a child of the 60s so one thing is like my grandmother too. She also was like always done up. You always mm-hmm. are wearing jeans that are far too tight. Yeah. And, but nobody can tell they're tight because you're that thin <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you're wearing heels all the time. My mom had heels that she called walking shoes and what? it's just, yeah, it was wild. She was always done up. And then too, after, um, like my mom and dad were on and off again. So sometimes she was single. So she's single with two kids on her own. She she's always trying to look good. She like never had any roots in her hair. Her nails were always painted. I can constantly like even now with my nails, I'm like hearing in my head, oh, your nails look good because my mom would say that. And then if I'm done up, oh, you look really good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she she one time when I was in my teens, um, this was like going around with the low carb diet, all this stuff like this. It was before it was actually celiac. And I started developing some cellulite on my legs because everybody has fucking cellulite. Also, you're but like my mom growing because you're a teenager and going through puberty. Yeah. Like that's just what happens. Yes. But my mom was legit. Like you have cellulite on your legs, honey. <gasps> and it was like, oh, no, not the cellulite. Yeah. So, and my mom too, Jillian Michaels, DVD tapes, all the fucking workout DVD tapes Mm -hmm. and always being like, come on girls, this is fun. Exercise is good for you. And throwing us into uh, like anything that she could to make sure that we were exercising all the time. And like, same with every diet that she went on. Therefore we went on the fucking diet too. My mom loved the South beach diet. I remember we like lived off lemon rice for so long that I, I can't even fucking eat it anymore. Disgusting. <laughs> what? Oh my yeah. God. And boiled chicken breast. <clears throat> Have you ever oh my had God. A- yeah. Yeah. Ew. Disgusting. And no I salt actually on anything truly just either. Ate- Oh my god, yeah. I, I no salt. Yo, no that's salt. like crazy. No like, seasoning. You have to season. Oh, that's just no calories, man. Like the lowest possible calorie that you could get. Yeah. That's and wild. It's it's still like that, you know. Like I think uh well, yeah, uh, when you grow up like that and your mom thinks that she's not good enough and she's mm-hmm. always thinking that she needs to diet and exercise you look at her and you see she's beautiful and then you're telling yourself you're not right so yeah I'll let you talk about your story that that's like yeah a hundred percent especially when you get older and you start to become the same size as them because you have different bodies and different genes right because you only have half of your mm-hmm. one parent's genes and then you're like, well, if you think your size two pants are fat, what the hell does my size four pants say? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. 
I think so. My my parents never had like the home workout videos, that kind of stuff. Like that oh, wasn't lucky. Think <laughs> and one and two. Yeah, that we never had. Um, yeah, I definitely think I'm like because I probably knowing me, I would have been sucked into that so fast, especially because I did You're like Broadway as a kid. But I was like, I was a dancer and stuff. Um, when I wasn't playing really competitive, I was like, I was an enigma. Because on the one side, I was this huge tomboy with like a buzz cut who only wore boys' clothes and played like competitive soccer and were like roughhouse playing like mini sticks hockey at school. And then on the weekends, I would go to like dance and theater and I would have to wear like dresses and stuff. I, but I loved them both. I, that's a whole other side. But I was a bit of an enigma. But that I your feel like allowed that though. Your parents should do that. Like I yeah. wanted to play soccer when I was younger, but my, and I also wanted to go into hip hop, but my family was like, no ballet is for you. You're a girl. Mm. Yeah. So Genderizing I feel like that I didn't sports. get, <laughs> yeah, that we didn't, we didn't have. And I think it's a big part because my mom played like ringette and hockey in Northern Ontario growing up and she was a huge tomboy too. So she was like, you're my twin. <laughs> you can do both. Um, so we didn't have that, but we all, a huge part. And I've talked about this in other episodes too, of like, my personality growing up, even into like adulthood was you play competitive sports. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of issues that go along with that because, um, and you don't see it until you come out the other side of like, oh my God, like I had to, I was like brainwashed well, you're in the sense that like running all the time. and yeah, well that in varsity, that when I was older and was playing varsity sports in university, that's where I really started to be like, I don't think this is normal. Like, and then it was really like commenting on my body and my weight where I didn't have Mm -hmm. that girl playing competitive sports as a kid, mostly because my dad was my, always my coach. And my dad, like they did have comments to like me as their child, but never to like the team as like, which I think is lucky, but um, my parents uh, obsess about food still to this day and I know my mom listens so hi <laughs> mom packs and stuff um but more so as we got older not really I don't really remember having like a weird relationship with food as a kid it's as I started to get older and look different than my sisters we're all very yeah. small like we're short like my older sister is not even five feet I'm barely five to two my family was shorties but I was always like built more broadly than my yeah, sister, especially my <laughs> older sister, right? She's a freaking tiny little stick because she's 4'11". Like, she's so small that it was like, yeah, of course she's going to wear double zero jeans. She literally is the small, like, she's tiny. And then yeah. <laughs> I was always the quote-unquote bigger sister. And then you look back, at I was never big as a kid no. or as a teenager. Like, I wore, like, size two pants. But, like, at the time, you're... But even if you were, why the fuck are people pointing it out? I I don't know. I think it's because (laughs) my sister being older than me, but always being like physically smaller than me, people would always be like, oh, are you guys twins or or are you older? And they'd be like, oh, no, Vanessa's older. And they'd be like, oh, but you're so much bigger than your sister. Meaning like height, Mm -hmm. which is not that much because I'm only 5'2", but also like you start to internalize that as like I'm bigger than my sister and then she's two years older than me but we're always wearing the same size clothes.
you were beauty pageanting, page, I don't even know mm. how to say that word, but if you were doing something like that or modeling, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then in competitive dance too, like I was in dance for a while and then I tried to join more competitive dance and it was like, you're, you need to like be thinner depending on like what dance you're doing. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of people with ballerinas with eating disorders. Right. So, Oh, it's huge. It's huge in the dance space and like, and I've, theater space, it, a lot of actors yeah. with eating disorders. I quickly went into like the, the like more theater of dance. So it was like jazz and tap and, um, I never felt it there, but, or I don't know, as a kid, I feel like now as I reflect back as an adult, the main thing was like relationship with food. And again, I don't, I didn't feel that as a kid. It was as I think we all collectively got older. And then, you know, my mom would do like detoxes from like the health food store. Mm. And then I was like, well, I got a detox. And then it was like, you have to take all these supplements. And it's like, why? Oh, it's good for like weight loss or like maintaining like weight. The cabbage soup diet detox. See, my parents never did. Juice. They never did like actual like quote unquote like 90s or 2000s diets. Okay. But it was except for like low carb and low fat, but it wasn't like they were doing like South Beach. It was just more of like, oh, we all have to like stop eating so much bread. I'm not like why? I have a distinct memory. I think I was maybe like 11 or 12 around there and it was the summer because we had the the kitchen door open and we're sitting and we're eating mm-hmm. and like eating together as a family on weekends we always always said weeknights no because we had sports and stuff so it was harder but always on the weekends we would have like a big my dad would make like the, a big dinner and I remember having like a set reaching for like a second piece of bread and my parents being like you we're not watching any more bread you got to cut back on the bread and I was like, who, why? <laughs> Bread's delicious. Yeah, like, like I'm I don't hungry. understand. And then I think it's then I started to to pick up on things like um, maybe like having dinner at 4 p.m. and not eating for the rest of the day and being like, well, you can't eat before bed. And I come home from mm-hmm. soccer and be like, I'm starving. I don't care that it's 9 p.m. I need to eat something. Like I'm so hungry. I've been playing like sports for three hours all night. And like that like kind that, of an stuff. internal voice is like, Mm-hmm. Don't eat before bed. It's bad for you. And then yeah, don't that's grab that other something... piece of bread. It's yeah. Bad for you. That was a big thing. I think my, my parents like internalized was these weird things of like, you have to stop eating four hours before you go to sleep because you can't metabolize food and sleep. Like that's not a real thing. Your food is, no. your body's always metabolizing and working. It's awake while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, your t- stomach doesn't just turn off because you're asleep. <laughs> oh, like, hello. That's like not real. And then I really think it took a huge turn when I was in university because I lived at home and I commuted mm-hmm. to school, like being in Toronto. And that's where, you know, you're eating, not with your parents all the time, you're eating with other people. And then I think I started to really pick up on some issues and disordered eating. And I I still see it today. Like they sometimes just won't eat dinner. And it's like, why? I had a big lunch. Who cares? Are you hungry? If you're hungry, eat. And I really quickly started to be like, I don't, want to eat at the same times as everybody else. Cause I'm not hungry then, but then I feel like I'm forcing myself to eat. And then I'm hungry when I'm actually hungry. And then I 
feel like I have to eat again. And then I struggled with that. And like, we weren't allowed to eat quote unquote, like junk food. We weren't allowed to do fast food. We rarely ate out at restaurants because it was very demonized. Yeah. And like, that took me years to be like, you're allowed to go eat Taco Bell if you want Taco Bell. Like I would like hide it, hide it. Like I would pretend to go get gas, but I would go eat Mm -hmm. something at like an A&W. But I was afraid that if I said I was going to eat like fast food, like my parents would like berate me because of it. Yeah, so like that like, that's was not really good crazy. for you. Don't eat that. And then you're yeah. like, oh my God, it was one time. <laughs> and I still do that. Like still find myself eating to this day at like 29 years old being like, oh, I'm, I want to go get like something from fast food. Like I can't tell anybody. It's like, why? I'm, I'm eating. It's what I want to eat. Who cares? And so yep. <laughs> I started like in what I later found out to be intuitive eating in mm-hmm. like leaving varsity sports, like in my last year of university, trying to separate myself and work on my relationship with my with food. And I know my sisters were the same. We all kind of went through it around the same ages. And we talk about it a lot. Like we were talking about the other day, like how we like sometimes don't really want to like talk about food with our parents because we don't agree with some of the things they say about like it's always commenting on their own bodies, not necessarily ours, but it's always like, oh, I got to lose five pounds or like my oh, mom, even with dementia, eating. she's like, oh, my God, well, that's I awful. gained some weight. And she was like, I gained some weight, honey. I better just lay off the sweets. Yeah, it's <laughs> like if you want the sweets, eat the sweets. She's like, 130 pounds and so five two. like that's gain so your five pounds, eat all the fucking sweets you want. Yeah. Like it doesn't leave you even when you're that sick. Exactly. That's crazy. And I think my parents, one of the big things with like diet culture is when it's like a holiday, they'll go all out. And then it's like, well, I'm only gonna eat salads for the next week because I like had too many chocolates over Christmas. It's like, that's not normal. Like you're, you shouldn't like guilt or like penance yourself for, enjoying food with your family and I see it with my dad a lot more in recent years and currently Mm -hmm. which I find is so sad because he's Italian and they're raised it didn't matter how poor he was growing up like food's always celebrated it's a huge part of the culture and I just don't see him really with that as much anymore yeah. Yeah. And it'll be like, and he loves cooking. Like he always wanted to be a chef, but he never did. And he still likes to cook, but you'll see sometimes like not maybe quote unquote indulging in certain things that like he always used to, or it'll be like, well, I, I had a big lunch. That's what they always, I had a big lunch. And we're all, the three of us are always like, well, Ari, if you're hung, if you're not hungry, don't force yourself to eat. But that doesn't mean you just don't eat because you had a quote unquote bigger lunch than you usually do. I wonder I, how many people's parents are like that. Cause I know I think like, a lot. That's exactly how it it's spoke about at the dinner table. And I I know Brad, like my fiance's mom does the same thing too. It's like, oh, I ate a big lunch. So like just like a, a little bite at dinner. And it's like, are you hungry? Is there something yeah. that you want here that you want mm-hmm. to eat? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You and don't so need five pieces of lettuce because you had a sandwich at lunch. <laughs> like those things don't correlate. 
Like, no. if you're not hungry at 5 p.m., also my parents were like early dinner people and I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I know. I can't, I can't no. do that either. Now as an adult, and it's so funny because I married they someone. We also have jobs. That too. Like my mom worked from home. Like she ran a daycare at home so she could cook. And like we always had sports. So like we did have to eat earlier. But now like everyone's adults and we'll go and they'll be like, well, we can't have. It's like five o'clock. We have to eat dinner. And I'm like, no one's hungry yet. It like. It's five o'clock. Relax. If I eat now, I'm gonna be starving at ten. Like I need. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but like, I married someone who is Pakistani, so food is very, very important to them. Big meals mm-hmm. and eating very late, to the point where it's like nine p.m. I'm like, if I don't have dinner, I'm gonna actually. This is too late for me. So like, when we first like started to like live together, it was like trying to like we were both trying to undo really early dinners versus really, really late dinners. And now we are like between seven, seven and eight. It's a sweet yeah. spot. Yeah. It's a sweet spot between seven and eight. And like, sometimes it depends on what we're doing and stuff, but it's just funny. He was like, I can't eat at 4 PM. Like that's my lunch. And that's how I am now. And I find myself having just, I still have to work on a, a lot of my relationship with the food. Mm-hmm. Same. Like <laughs> it's still, I think it'll be like a forever thing, but I'm way, way better. Like half the time I, I would say more than half the time I don't think about it. I eat what I want when I'm hungry. And my issue now is when I get busy, I like forget to eat. Yeah. That you and I both really do that. Hard. We were we just together last weekend and I was like, oh shit, we haven't eaten Neither like of four us hours. <laughs> so I got, yeah, I got his power <laughs> cookies. <laughs> yeah. That's my struggle is like, um, I like well, for, I won't eat, especially because I'm not hungry in the mornings. Some mornings I am. And I have now learned that if I wake up hungry, I honor that, which I, for a few years, I didn't do like, you're not hungry. I don't need to eat right now. So now, but some days it's like 1 PM and I'm like, holy shit, I haven't eaten yet. And it's like, is it because yeah, I'm not hungry or is it because I'm so busy that I'm distracting myself? It's and then I'm like, I've had like three coffees. This is not good. <laughs> this is not healthy. But I think the key for me is I don't do that on purpose. And it's not all the time. No. It's, um, but when it does happen, I like remind myself it's okay. It's because you were busy. It's not because you were forcing yourself to not eat or, or you're restricting. Yeah. Like um, don't feel guilty about it. Like, yeah, that's, I feel like the main message is that like food is not supposed to carry so much guilt and so much no. like, pain associated with it too like you see all those things and it's like look people like looking at right now with mini eggs or whatever looking at the bag of mini eggs and be like oh my god I fucking wish and it's like just have some eggs you don't need to eat the whole fucking bag but like if you do congratulations who cares yeah congratulations enjoy enjoy yeah the other day I like ate half a bag of Doritos and I was like I haven't had Doritos in years and I was like that slapped that hit with flavor with flavor classic Doritos I never eat those anymore I, ah, I used to love those so much me too mm. as a kid I was like mm, how orange were your fingers very orange <laughs> and I was like you know what I'm home alone by myself I'm watching a cult documentary it hit you know what it hit so yeah and I'm not like a little show and some snackies right I think too though like because and I know we're gonna talk about you know have a whole separate episode where we talk about 
the issues with dieting, quote unquote, mm-hmm. dieting with chronic illness. Cause like, I can't, we both can't eat certain foods yeah. and like <laughs> the issues associated with that. But I feel like the, the times I do sometimes feel myself reverting is when I'm with people who don't understand why I can't eat certain things or why I've been vegetarian for over seven years and they think I'm being picky or I'm being like health and wellness guru. And I'm like, no, I literally will get sick. I will fucking vomit everywhere. If I eat this, do you want me to shit on your carpet? And like, that's where I sometimes will find myself picking up my clothes or thinking about how I look or only picking certain things on my plate because I don't want people to think I'm ungrateful or whatever. And that's where I still will. I fucking hate dinners. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, That's exactly it. Or like going out for dinner because of that. Exactly. It's like you already have, you already have to restrict yourself from eating. And then it's like, you have to make all these like special requests and you can't just go walk into a restaurant willy nilly and people, and then you're sitting there, yeah, picking and looking at yourself and everybody's like, oh, of course she ordered gluten-free. Of course she's yeah. a vegetarian. And yeah. I often order vegan or vegetarian things too, because a lot of the times they're gluten-free. Exactly. So we are yeah. like, mm, of course. And it's like, fuck off, man. Like I'm just eating, like eat yeah. your own food. For me, this is <laughs> I'm not looking like, at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like if we're at somewhere and there's dessert, so people will be like, oh, are you too you good for the dessert? dessert? And I'm like, I actually am allergic to half the shit that's in baked goods. Like, Ugh. I actually can't eat it. And you know what? Like, my mom got very similar to, like, you with the celiac because she's always been gluten intolerant. It's kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you're not going to eat the pasta? Are you too good for yeah. pasta? And my mom's always been very – my family's small. Like, so my mom's always been, like, tiny. Mm-hmm. And she likes working out. I think sometimes – it goes like I said a little too far with some disordered eating and there's a certain word for it I can't remember right now but it's where it's 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 you obsess over what you are putting into your body it's not like binge eating it's not I'm purging or anything like that it's like you're just a little bit too obsessive about maybe calories or like like the the quote-unquote like categories of foods um and it was always like, oh, you're like, oh, you're so skinny. You should eat that. You should just eat it. Orthorexia. And people, that's what it's orthorexia, called. Orthorexia. That's what it's called. <laughs> I looked yes. it up. <laughs> um, and I think my parents have that. Um, and so I think she also internalized that a lot of because people didn't understand. It. It's like she's not eating the pasta because she'll get sick, not because she doesn't want to. And I think that that's another reason why the 90s and 2000s, whether you're a kid like us growing up or you were a parent. Mm-hmm. I think we had it somewhat the worst because yeah. now people are a little bit more educated on celiac is a thing. Gluten intolerance is a thing. You know, people have food sensitivities and allergies and um, women's e- also like equality has that been since on the rise because a lot mm-hmm. of these diet culture, oh, it's a patriarchy, patriarchy. Yeah. And misogyny. So <laughs> and a little bit of white supremacy in there too. Yeah. A little sprinkle. So pew, pew. Little sprinkle, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But even too, like, did you watch America's Next Top Model as a kid? Because I know I did. I love that show. I don't know why. And always the Victoria's Secret shows. Always die afterwards. Why were we watching that? I know because then you'd go to a pool party at sixteen, seventeen, where you look back at photos, and I'm like, I look like a wet rat because I'm so small. But I thought I looked huge in my bikini. Mm -hmm. 
and being heavier chested too like that sucked now i'm like yeah "Yeah, i got big boobs suck it actually my boobs are a lot smaller than they used to be (laughs) they've shrunk (laughs) over the years but i would i know my little sister too because she is very heavy chested and she has she's very she's small but she's very curvy like she's got like a rocking bod but when she was like 14 with size triple d boobies where like no one else had titties like she would be like i have to dr- i have to go to like the adult side for a bathing suit top and yeah, you're like that, that she really struggled with with that um mm-hmm. her, i don't want to put words in her mouth but i really yeah i feel that too because i was curvy and stuff like that and like i'm nobody else in my family is like that and and mm-hmm. i had to go shop at the adult store before anybody else did and like mm-hmm. i couldn't fit in like northern getaway fucking clothes you remember that store <laughs> yeah you do i don't think i've ever stepped foot in a northern getaway <laughs> oh good for you you know what's so funny because the last few days i have had my house to myself um my sister is on vacation and my husband's been in the states um, so I get to just like binge all the true crime stuff and oh, period yeah. pieces that like historical stuff that no one else wants to watch with me. So I binged the whole two seasons of The Vow. Have you watched that about the no. Nexium cult? Ten out of ten would recommend. It's so what's good. it on? The cult Nexium. No, but what what's it like? What streaming service? Oh, mm, <laughs> I don't know. I have one of those illegal boxes where you can access everything. But I'm pretty sure. Don't rat us it, out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's Apple. Might be Apple or okay, sweet. Or there's a there's a follow up one on Amazon that's like four episodes. But I would watch the two seasons of The Vow first. It's so good. I believe it's Apple I need TV. To watch that. Um, Escaping Nexium, the CBC podcast, was the first podcast I ever listened to a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, cult stuff is my favorite kind of true crime. So I binge the whole docu-series on The Vow, which is like, I think like maybe like 15 episodes. (laughs) And the reason I bring it up is because this cult leader, Keith Ranieri, who is a creep for many, 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 many reasons, his inner cult, because there was cults within cults. Yeah. The most inner cults were women who had a master-slave relationship and there was sex trafficking going on and like women were branded very scary stuff but he one of the ways of control over them was restricting how they ate Mm. and they would have to he would be like i won't sleep with you until you lose weight to the point where they were dieting so much kind of like stockholm syndrome essentially yeah and he was controlling what they were eating as well yes but through other women like it the control was through this pyramid scheme of the different women within dos which was like this cult within a cult um and to the point where these girls lost their periods because how much dieting that he was making them do it happens to quite a few women who yeah it's scary or like those body competitions Oh yeah, so many. A lot of women don't have their period when they're doing that. But it's scary because the what fucking red flag. It's a huge. Well, cult wise, you know, there's a hundred other reasons we could talk about the cult, but 
for me, I was like, this is crazy because when we're looking at it from the outside of it being cult control, we're like, this is so problematic. Mm -hmm. How did these girls not know that like they should eat more than that? But they were doing what they were doing was the same kind of diets that is all over social media, like a 1200 calorie a day diet, like a three-year-old needs more than that. And, And like, that's okay and glamorized through like Gwyneth Paltrow, for example. But then I had when it's in a cult for lunch. Get out of here. That's not that's a food. That's a food. It's a freaking broth. It's, it's, a, drink. it's a fucking broth. <laughs> but then last night, so I that's like when the last few nights I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh my God, like diet culture is even in cults. Like this is so that's how like everywhere it is. It, and then I yeah. watched just then not I discriminate. Watched, no, it does not discriminate. And then I watched The Wonder with Florence Pugh, the Netflix uh, historical. Mm. Um, I love Florence Pugh. I'm a stan. I love her. I think she's amazing. Uh, and she actually is very vocal against diet culture. So love her. But this movie she she did um, based off a book, um, I think of the same title by an Irish Canadian author. She's a nurse who is like posted to watch this 11 year old girl who has you know reported miraculously been surviving for four months without food what yeah and she's being like you have to eat well you find out that the mom was sneaking her food and then she's literally dying because she's not eating and like her teeth are falling out and she's it's crazy and i'm just like oh my god but like She's there signs she's of anorexia too. Oh it's yeah, like loss of teeth, abnormal yep. hair growth, lots of menses, yes. loss of menses. Yeah, but and, yeah, and then I'm like, wow, why is everything I'm watching have to do with like diet culture. culture? Because now we look today. This is the thing with like rebranding, right? Is like intermittent fasting. Is a huge oh thing yeah. that people do. Just eat for six hours in a day. That's it. It's like you're just rebranding. You're rebranding starving yourself. Yeah. And you're rebranding the 12,000 calorie diet because, yes. in in a sense, like it 1200, is 1200. Impo- tw- yeah, 12,000. 12, Jesus. I wish it was 12,000. <laughs> I fucking do too. Take the days. <laughs> yeah. Tell me in. <laughs> yeah. That's my kind of diet culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so yeah it's the same thing over and over and again over and it's, over and it's yeah. like can you just eat less original? cut this out no carbs yeah no carb diet though it's so unoriginal <laughs> and i'm just like okay i'm bored of it <laughs> yeah something else to spice it up a little bit seriously we need to do something about it but it i feel like to the reason why a lot of these diets are so popularized too is just because nobody's really happy in their own skin or their bodies or anything like that and then uh big big media just takes advantage of this like women are still women and everybody else still hates the way that they look so we're always going to be offered things that can make us look better (laughs) or better quote unquote and I think we are getting somewhat better like we've been saying but at the same time I feel bad for kids growing up now because sure you're not seeing it plastered as much in the magazines and the grocery store you still do see it but no one cares mm-hmm. about that stuff like they used to you know you're still seeing on like reality tv shows but 
they're not coming outwardly with it, like in like America's Next Top Model, for example. But you are still seeing not representation of bodies in TV no. shows. Um, but it's like it's the TikToks and the Instagram that oh my gosh, I feel bad for them for because... the one that you just uploaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, grocery store the, like the the what it, I eat um, in a day. what i eat in a day i can't stand those what i eat in a day is like let me just glorify how little i eat because if you don't eat like this you'll never get my body that's what those are saying exactly. you're not helping anybody and then there's all these crazy like food and wellness trends and mm-hmm. i think these rebranding of diets that you know it was basically just atkins when we were growing up is rebranded yep. as wellness on social media so yeah that's what scares me because me as a grown adult who's worked through my relationship with my with food and my issues and I'm in a very good place like where I've never been before um I can even sometimes find myself like slipping a little bit watching videos I'm like no 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 but that's because I have experience and I've actively worked on it like if I was 14 15 again I'd be watching all those videos. I still do. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should eat this. Maybe I should eat more of this. Maybe I should get this supplement. Maybe I should try like only eating for six hours a day. Intermittent fasting. Yeah, exactly. I would have done all those things. I feel lucky that when intuitive eating was really making its mark Mm -hmm. on social media, maybe three, four years ago, that's what I was like, hey, that's what I've been kind of doing. And starting to be like, oh, this is actually really great. And I think everyone should do this. But that's just like the minority of things that are actually good <laughs> on the online space about body yeah. image and diet and wellness and like all that garbage. The interior piece is, is nice because it's kind of taking you to a place where food is not a sense of insecurity or yeah. sense of like just like a problem that's what food is mm-hmm. usually portrayed as as something yeah. that you should only have basically so only have a little bit of it and mm-hmm. it, pro- it probably isn't going to taste any good because you're only using it to fuel you and the rest else doesn't really matter yeah so food should have some enjoyment too like cooking sure. and sharing like since the t- dawn of time people have been hunting and gathering food and sharing it with community <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you yeah. should be able to eat together and not hide in a silo eating junk food because somebody you're afraid somebody's going to say something. <laughs> yeah, it fucking and sucks. Also, I do the same thing. And I also <laughs> like intuitive eating because it doesn't put food on a pedestal either. No, where it before you're like you're glorifying the pizza because oh, you yeah. know that <laughs> after I eat this one slice, I'm never I'm not going to let myself have pizza for a whole year. Yeah. Look at that beautiful pizza that I can only have once a year. (laughs) Yeah. And then I have to like punish myself. Oh my God. Do you remember though, being like a teenager in the 2010s and there being those when like Pinterest and Tumblr was a thing. I know they're still things, but like, like, and it would be like (laughs) those charts where it was like two slices of pizza is equivalent to walking the treadmill for two hours. Yeah. And it would be like, if you eat this, this is how much you have to work out. They do that on TikTok. It's the exact same fucking thing. They'll show like oh a, a girl eating and then they're like, I just did this at the gym so I could have this burger. 
No. Well, they'll show up on mine because I'm like crazy. And then I'm like going to the gym <laughs> trying to lose weight and all this stuff. Yeah. And just not. I need to get out of it. It's so much in my head. <laughs> oh, my God. I also think, too, though, like a lot of the diets that are popular, maybe not so much today because there's been like people debunking it. But even a few years ago, like keto is like this mm. obsession with the wrong thing. Like, why are we obsessing over protein? Protein at the BL end all. Our society has way too much protein. And why is it only coming from a meat source? Like, there's just like, I think, blinders up to the fact that like food is more than one thing. And we are allowed yeah. to enjoy a multitude of foods. And we should be like, we should diversify our palates. And yeah, uh, it's the same with paleo too. And you don't eat any legumes or anything like that or beans all those things are apparently they didn't have it as cavemen it's like um depends on where you were in the world yeah fucking beans have been around a long time man and they're good for you and they slap i love beans and they do slap i love i love love all the beans i love all the beans too i love all the beans Yeah, it's so awful that diet culture like influences medicine. I think it's mm-hmm. like you guys are scientists. You sh- should be beyond that. But they don't even teach nutrition barely in, in medical school still to this day. No, which is like insane. Like people should actually know because doctors, I don't know if they still do it, but like doctors have prescribed keto. Uh, yeah, weight loss. And I'm like, you're giving you're going to give your patient a heart attack and all these other cardiovascular issues because you're telling them the only good thing they could ever eat is meat and cheese. It's so stupid. Who looks at that diet and is like, yes. Well, keto is isn't so just healthy. meat and cheese, but it's it, it lot, isn't though. for anybody. It isn't just for anybody, right? Like it sends your body into ketosis. So you're living off like Diff- you're burning calories differently and that can be really bad for people with the history of heart disease and things like that but mm. i think yeah keto all those just all the diets keto paleo south beach south beach i guess isn't the worst of it because you actually can eat food but you are also really restrictive in the first part of it and doc yeah doctors are just prescribing diets because they're like you need to lose weight before we'll treat you and yes which is crazy like why can't like if I'm coming in with like I I had two massive knee injuries that had surgeries when I was in my teens and early 20s I had two separate Mm -hmm. ones same knee it's right much better now but um like if I was heavier would they have not helped me until I lost weight because I had knee pain probably not which is crazy, like, to, to think that, like, that's even part of the equation. Like, oh, I'm having, a, like, really bad back pain. Okay, we'll lose 20 pounds and then come back and we'll talk. Like, I can't believe that that's actually the reality. And it is for so many people. And it's so problematic. Like, you know, even in the fertility space, you oh, see yeah. <laughs> it, girls will be sent away until they've lost weight. And that's the only time then they'll start to do not so much in Canada, but I was reading that and I I might be wrong because I'm reading and I'm not American. I don't live in the States, but some U.S. fertility clinics won't take you unless you have a certain BMI. Yeah. 
Like you're gonna dictate I, I'm not who surprised. can and can't have a have a child because of their BMI, which is BMIs are bullshit anyways. When I started yeah. going to a fertility clinic, the very first like thing they're like, they go through your medical history and everything, and then they're like, Okay, mm-hmm. um, do you wanna be weighed? And I was like, No. I said, No, That's I don't nice want to be weighed. They actually asked you. And he's like, Okay. And I was like, I don't there's do you think you need to weigh me there's no need to weigh me it has yeah, nothing to do with the fact that i have two diseases in my reproductive organs my weight has nothing to do with that and my and no. i feel lucky that my doctor respected that and he was like okay you don't have to well because most doctors don't they'll weigh you as soon as you come in and then they'll like look at your bmi according to my bmi or my body mass index which i can't exactly remember how the math goes, but I'll look it up. But anyways, BMI, I'm obese. Me too. Me yeah. too. Because I I am five two and don't. But you and I have been pounds. athletes our whole fucking life. We're yeah. full of muscle. Like we're also, just like we're a brick house. BMI <laughs> was more created, than anything. Exactly. And BMI was created like in the 50s for like white men. Yeah. What does that have to do with me? Like it doesn't. It has nothing. nothing to do with me. We're like, women. Yeah. <laughs> our first of all, our bodies are different. I also have PCOS, which does impact how you can and can't lose weight for not for everyone yeah. with PCOS, but the vast majority. Um, it just mm-hmm. like, or they'll be like, well, you need to like go to the gym and work out really hard. It's like, well, actually, if you understood PCOS, which you should as a doctor, you would know That's that not like, what I need to do. High intensity workouts counter are counteracting to PCOS. You won't lose any weight if you no. do that. And, and you're you just won't feel good aggravating either. your body and exactly. actually causing more damage to your organs by inflammation. Exactly. And it, it's just it's it's so it's just so crazy that like this scale that has no relevancy is used against people to deny them health care. It's mind-boggling. It's the way that things go, though, right? It's I feel like body weight controls the world. <laughs> it does. When I know something crazy that happened to me the other day. So because of my PCOS, I take metformin, which is demonized online, and everyone can just shut up about it. It works for me, and it works really great for me. So suck it. <laughs> Everything in the PCOS world is demonized, including oh my bread. god, it's so yeah. annoying. But I take metformin because that is what my specialist and I decided, and we try it out, and it works great, and I love it, and I take it every day. Um, the first time I went to fill it, metformin in a higher dose, like you microdose it for PCOS pretty much, and a higher dose it's used for diabetes. And when I went to like fill that prescription, the person at the pharmacy was like, you don't look like you have diabetes. What the fuck? And I was like, I don't have diabetes. It's for PCOS. And then they're like, oh, well, you don't look like you have PCOS either because I'm <laughs> small. And uh, for the record, I'm not that small. Like this I'm a like, solid what, the, eight what makes you look like you have diabetes also. And then also what makes you look yeah. like you have PCOS? That shit's not okay. It's I know. So I was annoying. like, mm. Mm. <laughs> so if I looked like I had these things, would you have said that to me? <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Also, people just commenting on the way that you look and think that you should look a certain way. Which <laughs> so is ridiculous. why I feel so, why it does worry me again, like youth who are trying to figure out 
who they are and how their body works. And mm-hmm. when you're, they're constantly inundated, not only visually with like small, thin bodies and diet culture and dress up as wellness, but also yep. like you're putting your pictures out to the whole, the whole world to comment on. Yes. That's the other thing. It is Especially scary. if you're in a very vulnerable place. And like, obviously you don't have to be 17 to be in a vulnerable space. It, it nope. can be any age, but those are really formative years. I think with your relationship with food and your body and clothing, and even this idea that like there's body types and you can only wear certain clothes if it fits your body. If you're type. a certain body type, like, are you a pear shape? Are you oval? Yeah. I still struggle with that sometimes. I'll like look at something on the rack, yeah. like, oh, well, that won't look good on me because I'm a shape. I'm short. Apple. I'm an apple shape or I'm a pear shape. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, just try it on. And if you don't like it, or it's like, well, it won't be flattering on me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, I still say uh, that. I still say that too. And I have to find myself being like, no, don't. Yeah. Don't do that. It. I also find myself too, like now getting older, doing the whole, oh, I ate this. So like, maybe I should eat that tomorrow. No, I know I fucking hate myself for it, but I do it. I'm so like caught up in, yeah, the diet culture and I try to escape it. But I, I also think that part of that is like unfollowing some shit on my phone and like making those active steps, but also yeah, really practicing, um, intuitive eating. One thing is like deep breathing and like Mm -hmm. also telling myself that I'm thankful for my body and I'm thankful for me. And yeah, that, and it's so fucking hard. (laughs) Like, I know, but you probably, you do compliment yourself though. I know you do. Like that's true, but I don't look in the mirror and be like, today I am beautiful today. I am smart. Like affirmations. Like, no, I know it works for a lot of people and that's wonderful. For me, you have to do, I, sneak in the affirmation some way, some way, mm-hmm. somehow. Like you do it kind of like roll off the mouth. Like you're like, oh, I look fucking good today to everybody. <laughs> so like, that's true. <laughs> that help, yeah, it helps with confidence and helps kind of build that. And mm-hmm. even if you're not feeling good, it's a, a good way to do that because it can, it can eat you up the whole thing. Yeah. Thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. On that note, though, like the like having to learn to love yourself, and well, we're having an episode. That's in like the right now. Months. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. We have someone coming on to like literally be like, "How do you love yourself?" Because like I don't know how to do that. But it's when it's in like the diet culture and like the body image space, like it is hard with a chronic illness to be like, "I love my body. I'm so thankful for my body." Because like, no, half of them like she's a bitch. She doesn't work. No, I'm properly. not. Yeah, it's I'm like so I it. fucking hate you. <laughs> Learn how to work because you suck. Um, yeah, stop getting sick all the time. Like you eat so many fucking vitamins and shit, and you're still getting yeah. sick because you have an autoimmune disorder. <laughs> yeah, that I I like kind of struggle with, and I just commend men, women, like you know anyone, gender diverse folks too, who like actively are like, no, I like love my body. I don't, I don't care, and I food is fuel and I eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to be like, when you're by yourself all alone with your thoughts and no one's around you, do you still feel that way? Cause like, that's what I'd like to know. I'd love to know. And I don't know if anyone will be like really like blunt about that or not, but 
like at least there is the body positivity movement now for youth to engage with and adults as well, where we definitely did not have that growing oh, up. Definitely in the 90s not. And 2000s. We did not. <laughs> in the 2010s, like body positivity, they'd be like, oh my God, you're endorsing being fat. Yeah. And people still say that today. And it's like, come on, it's 2023. Like, how stupid are you? But oh, I feel like when it's... Lizzo first came out in like the early, like, I think maybe 2020s? 2015. No, she's been, been around that while. long. Yeah, she's been out for a while, man. I'm going to look wow. this up. But anyways, they were really fucking mean about her. They were like, she's trying to embrace being fat. And they didn't remember like what with Adele, too, when Adele, Adele lost a lot of weight, they were like, well, will she still be able to sing? It's like, what? Because it's yeah. on both sides. It's like if someone does you're right. feel Lizzo was out in 2019. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even really I don't listen to Lizzo actively. I think she's wonderful, but like that's not really my kind of yeah. music. But I'm like 2015. Was I under a rock? But it's like even the fact though, like if someone does lose weight like Adele yeah. did because she wanted to, that's their also... whole image is questioned at that point in time. Yeah. And it's they're like you're not demonized. the same person. Yeah, you're demonized one way or the other. You're demonized if you put on weight, and then you're demonized if you lose weight. And what I what I struggle with is like, if we're gonna be body positive, then if Adele wants to lose weight for whatever her reasoning is, she should be allowed to. We should support that. Yeah, yeah. but it's like the same way as if Adele didn't want to lose weight and she continued however she was living, how she was before. That's also amazing and she should be allowed to because it's like on one end you have the non-body positive people who are like Adele is fat or was fat. But yeah. then I feel like it's on the other end of the spectrum of people who are like, well, Adele only lost weight because of diet culture and she like wanted to be thin like everybody else. Where it's but like when Adele <laughs> talks about her weight loss, it was like her relationship with food, but also exactly. her relationship with herself. And like, yeah, yep. that's what it all boils down to. Mm-hmm. It's like was food your enemy or was it your best friend and how was it treating you and how are you treating it kind of thing exactly (laughs) exactly and it's like I feel like we should be allowed to do whatever we want with our bodies and people should shouldn't care and then it also makes you feel like when you're really deep for me anyways and I'm this is me talking about myself not other people but for me it's like if I get too into like body positive then I'm like well then I don't need to work out but it's like, yeah. or I feel guilty that I want to like, if I do want to lose weight or if I do want to like get stronger or whatever, then I'm like, ah, no, you're giving into I diet culture. I should be happy the way I am. But it's like, but I also like want to feel healthy and I mm-hmm. enjoy working out and moving my body because I've done it my whole entire life. And I enjoy eating health i also enjoy eating pizza but like pizza's delicious and it can't yeah the worst thing in the world but it's like that's where i'm like i sh- i'm like it's hard and people like we're, are we're getting about it on it both too. sides we're getting it on both oh yeah sides. people make fun of me at work all the time they're like amanda oh yeah amanda's gonna walk or she's gonna take her bike and things like that or amanda of course you packed your lunch i'm like i have celiac disease one and two yeah. I've been an athlete my whole life. I like to exercise. It mm-hmm. makes me feel good. It's a yes. way that I manage stress. I work in a, in social work. Like I hear some fucked up shit. I need to burn this out at the end exactly. of the day. Exactly. Of course, I'm going to take my bike home. Exactly. <laughs> like, so it's like for myself, it's like 
not letting myself get on one extreme to the other because then I yeah. feel like I'm I'm hating myself regardless like I hate myself if I eat the size of pizza then I hate <laughs> myself if I go to the gym or I hate myself if I don't go to the gym it's like oh my god yeah it's I'm never ending do whatever feels good for me that's why I love intuitive eating and like intuitive movement it's like I have a routine where I where I work out I have the days and the times where I do every single week but mm-hmm. then sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't feel like going tonight. I'm going to give my body a rest. And that's okay. I need to honor the fact and that I don't, don't want to go tonight. About that. No, and it's, you don't feel guilty. The other day I took almost a whole entire week off a couple weeks ago. And yeah, because you were having a lot of pain and that's yeah. fucking okay. Do and it. I told my osteopath, I because w- I saw her and I was like, I didn't go to yoga any of my days this week. I, I gave myself it off. And I don't feel guilty about it. I feel actually really proud of myself because I didn't want to also injure myself or in- increase mm-hmm. the flare. And she was like, honestly, like, that's so good. <laughs> because I, Even like a year ago, I would have, especially because I yourself, can yeah. move now, where a mm-hmm. year ago I couldn't move, I would have demonized myself for it. Been like, yeah. well, you can move, so don't take it for granted. And you should go to the gym, and or you should be like, you fat fucking piece of shit, get yeah. up. <laughs> that's, that's what the brain's saying. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't feel that, and I'm like, okay, this Good. is like, that's why I feel like personally, and this is space. this, but this has been many, many, many years mm-hmm. of undoing diet culture, undoing being an, a high level athlete, undoing and like being like, you know what? Yeah. My parents don't want to eat dinner. I'm going to still eat dinner. So do you want to join me or not? <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat. On that note, you know what I kind of struggled with when I was getting married? I got married four years ago. And no, fuck that. leading up to getting married i joined orange theory oh my god that's a cult sorry (laughs) it's a hundred percent a cult listen i did it for a year and i loved it and then i stopped doing it and i've never wanted to go back but i also then started to like take my pcos and stuff seriously and then i ended up getting an endo diagnosis and was like wow all that high intensity training wasn't good for you Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of like struggling and I, I do like the group aspect of working out because I was always on a sports team. So I did it for a year. I made my best friend do it with me, who was my maid of honor. And we would, we did the classes together. So that was really fun. And I enjoyed it, but I struggled with, am I losing weight or working out and getting stronger because I want to? Or is it because I'm getting married and the wedding industry tells me I have to shred for the wedding? Oh my, and my I God, teetered. I feel that so much I right now. I teeter back to... and forth. Yeah, well, because a lot of it is. It's like, you should look a certain way on your wedding day. And I feel that right now. I'm like, oh, I at least need to lose 10 pounds before I try mm-hmm. to try on a wedding dress. It's like, holy fuck, Amanda, just like, yeah, love yourself a little bit and yeah. go try on that wedding dress and see which one makes you feel beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And like I bought Not a dress before. <laughs> well, exactly. I bought a wedding dress before I started doing Orange Theory because I was engaged for almost two years. So this was like the year mm-hmm. leading up. I started to do Orange Theory. 
Um, and it was like, did I think in my head, like, oh, I need to like lose weight for like my dress to fit? I don't think I did, but I think it was just more of like, I have a strap with stress. I want my arms to look nice. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking ball gown. No one knew what I looked like under there. I had a ball <laughs> gown on. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't, it's crazy that to think there's so that. many things, even like firing up on my Instagram. Cause like Bradley and I just got engaged. It's like, Oh, like <laughs> all these wedding dresses and all these workout plans so that you get like a snatch waist and like yeah. those tank top arms, all those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. And then I like honeymoon in Europe and I was like, everyone just eats and doesn't care. And they all That's look and feel beautiful. I'm like, this is, this is for me. we've shared how we feel about diet culture and everything like that i think maybe we're ready to top it off with a couple of uh just fun games that we like to play what do you think yeah 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 what do you want yeah yeah Yeah. well i want to know because what we want to talk about fucking loving food and how delicious food is and num, how, num, 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 num. yeah <laughs> food is great and what are your favorite foods top three now okay are we talking like meals or like individual food items okay how, let's do both let's do Why both not? okay yeah i will give you my top three like individual food like if i could okay. only have three like individual food items for the rest of my life it would be avocados i love i had an avocado today bagel i had an avocado on a bagel <laughs> um and honestly brussels sprouts i know that's so random but it's like my favorite vegetable and i ate them last night like my favorite meal when i don't want to cook but i don't want to eat out and it's fast is i just cut up brussels sprouts in half them in some mm-hmm. seasoning, all, lots of olive oil, lots of garlic, some chili flakes. Um, sometimes I put nooch on it, which is like nutritional yeast, which is really good for I vegetarians. Nutritional yeast. And I <laughs> air so fry good. them. It's like I cheese. Air fry it them. tastes like it's cheese. It's so good. I air yeah. fry those puppies and I just, I eat, That's my that was my dinner last night while I watched The Wonder, that movie, but the girl who wasn't <laughs> eating, <laughs> was eating my Brussels sprouts. That would be my three individual food items. That would be mine. What are yours? Then meals. Okay, my no, do yours first, ban- and then we'll do meals. Okay, bananas. I fucking love bananas. Okay. You know what? Practical. Yeah. Oh no, I should probably write. I should, probably also peanut butter because mm-hmm. I eat peanut butter once a day, no, at least. Peanut butter and goes then, with bananas. It does. It's so good. I do that. I grab like a huge spoonful of peanut butter and a banana. And, and I'm just, like, Victoria does that yeah. too. <laughs> so good. Yeah, my sister loves yeah. to do that. Bite and, and smear. Bite mm-hmm. and smear. Protein. Five. Oh, potatoes. I've, I love potatoes every way. Baked potato, I, fried potato, I, mashed potato. I'm not mm. a potato girl. Mm-mm. Oh, I fucking love potatoes. I am also so probably because I'm celiac and can't have bread. You know so what? Fair like enough. Because I'm like bagels. Like <laughs> yeah, I I would love a bagel, but mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Okay, now tell me what your favorite three foods would like meals would be. Oh, 
This is so hard. Boom, boom, bam, boom. Okay. Uh, Greek oh. something. There's got to be a fucking Greek in there. That's what I'm <laughs> which I'm literally making tomorrow with my nephew, which is like spinach pie. Um, but it ha- again, it has to be mine or when I eat it in actual Greece, because a lot of the stuff you get here is disgusting. But mm-hmm. that would be one of them because I make it super, super dilly. And then you got like fresh homemade tzatziki on the side. So I would say spenakopita. I would say, again, my <laughs> tomato sounds like so pasta. And if I had to pick one pasta, it would be like a like a classic pomodoro, like a classic like red tomato sauce. And then I would say a burrito, a bean burrito with some grilled, like some sauteed veg on there, some mm-hmm. guac. I, I love a burrito. Yeah, that oh, would be yeah. my three. A burrito. Mm-hmm. So I've got like Mexican, Greek, and Italian, my three favorite cuisines. I think that's what I would pick. Oh, shit. I'd say pizza, tacos, because we had those at the engagement party. Those I are good. Tacos. They were spicy. It was yummy. Yeah. And then um, a toss up between spaghetti and stir fry. Like spaghetti with meatballs. I fucking love meatballs. <laughs> Those are good I though. Love, I I love, I love tacos and I love pizza. So I would I would gladly join. And I eat the pasta, just not the meatballs. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. Now the next is food. Would you rather? Yeah. Okay. So let's play it as all of our it dietary issues what we can and can't eat aside let's pretend there's nothing wrong with us and you can eat anything in the whole wide world okay so we're in dream world right now entering so we're in dream a dream world. world we're entering a dream world where it's like all your favorite foods that you like can't eat now but you could eat them in the dream world would you rather so mm. would you rather eat Chicken balls with seen sour sauce. So like North American Chinese food. Or a soft, fresh baked baguette. Soft, fresh baguette. Yeah, you did. Soft yeah, bread. you did. Mm, mm, mm. Fresh bread. Put some butter on it. Mm-hmm. Not even. I don't even need any butter. No, I'll just eat it. Eat it by itself. You just eat it by itself. <laughs> it's soft. Soft. It doesn't need to be toasted. It doesn't crumble in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth. No. It's just, ew. <laughs> when free bread does that, it fucking makes me want to vomit. They need to get better at gluten-free bread. They really yeah. need to put some R&D really money do. behind it. A rack of ribs smothered in some BBQ. Oh. Or Wendy's chicken strips. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I What's it gonna be? That's really hard, but I I would pick Wendy's chicken strips, and this is why. I have been a vegetarian for seven years. I don't miss a lot, and I don't think actively about a lot. And most of the time now, because it's been so long, like meat doesn't appeal to me. Uh-huh. But when I see a Wendy's chicken strip commercial, I salivate, right. and I'm like, <laughs> I want to eat. That's that like so me bad. with baguettes. Literally, it's the one. <laughs> thing i actually miss like everything else i'm like yeah it was good but i'm like over it like yeah whatever i loved at the time but like kind of grosses me out now like if i 
if a day comes where I'm no longer vegetarian, you bet your bottom dollar the first thing I'm doing in Wendy's. Wendy's chicken strips, not the nuggies. Full strips, sweet and sour sauce. I'm gonna eat like 16 of those. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for the day. It was a pretty sure awesome episode, I think. You know, considering the fact that, like, we hate diet culture and we talk about it all the time, I think I think we did it pretty lightheartedly, considering that it's our, our arch nemesis, like we said. It is yeah. the devil. <laughs> it is the fucking devil. And, uh, yeah, I think we had a really good conversation about it. Nobody cried. Um, but if no. we needed to, we could. We could have if we but, wanted to. But we made some good jokes and I think some so funny things. And I learned some things about you. Me too. Which is rare that we learn anything new about each other these days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks See for you joining. Next time. Till next time. That's a wrap from us at Pip. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the socials at the Pip Podcast at Periods and Pain. Also, don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts every Sunday at periodsandpain.ca. Until next time, keep pipping. The Pit Podcast is a division of Periods in Pain. The Pit Podcast is produced and edited by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson. Social media by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson.